Hello and welcome to Spiritually Queer with me, your host, Jane Lyon, where we talk about all things that intersect queer life and the spiritual path. We'll be exploring everything from sexuality to new age spiritualism, while of course keeping things rooted in tradition and celebrating queer liberation as human liberation. This is a warm and inclusive space for all to come and explore their queerness, their spirituality, and to live in devotion to creating a new earth. Shambhala is right here in front of us. Are you ready to dive in? (sighs) Okay, babes, let's do this. Let's jump into the very first episode ever of my new podcast, Spiritually Queer, Contemplations with Jane. As I said in my intro, this podcast is all about the intersection of really the life that I live, right? The intersection of queer lifestyle (laughs) and the spiritual path and everything that intersects all of that. And this show is so meaningful to the new direction that I'm moving in my business and in my teachings and just in the essence of who I am and how I show up here. So I am recording on video while I am recording the audio and it is a little overwhelming but we're trying it on. I'm here in my home, my current home in Tulum. I wish I could stay here forever, but I only get to be here for a couple more weeks. I actually got all set up outside by the pool, and then I was like, it's so loud out here, you can't record a podcast out here. Like, we'll 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 put the quality of the audio ahead of the quality of the video. But I did want to start also just recording the videos and posting them of this show, because this show represents just a whole new direction that we are heading in in my business. Jane of 801, she's dead. Bikini in a bikini is alive. And energy coach Jane is just, she's here on a, no, a new level. She's not fucking around. She's not here to tolerate anyone's bullshit or drama and really it's like the crux of my teachings my indigenous teachings are like bleeding through my pores right now i'm finally in this deep moment of solitude with myself deep in this jungle all by my lonesome and i am meeting myself at a level that I was not expecting. I thought there would be more struggle. I thought there would be more difficulty. I thought there would be more hard times. But what I'm realizing in my solitude is that actually the life I want to live is so effortless. And the space I have created for myself is so beautiful. And the way that I treat myself when I am alone is kind and loving and gentle and supportive. And I am a little sad that I allowed myself to stay in a situation for so long where there was so much resistance and I was not in flow and I was not feeling good. I was spending hours every morning in my rituals trying to feel better when now I just wake up and do my rituals because they feel good. It's not like this heavy, strict, rigid discipline is needed to be there. I'm just here and while this is this episode isn't meant to be an update on tulum or mexico um i still want to update you guys because tulum is pretty hot right now 
moving to Mexico, moving out of the country in general is pretty hot right now. And of all the traveling that I've done in my life, which is pretty extensive, Tulum has easily been the most challenging place to land. And I think that getting to a place like Tulum, people keep saying, how's Cancun? And I keep correcting them. I'm not in Cancun. I'm in Tulum. I'm in the jungle. I think people think Tulum is like Cancun and it's this like super developed westernized place. It's developing, definitely. It's developing right now and it's kind of cool to watch, but it is not developed. We are in the jungle. You should see the dirt roads that I am riding on my shitty scooter to get here. It's pretty amazing. And what I'm learning and what's bringing me so much confidence and pride and joy in myself is that you gotta be a tough ass kind of bitch <laughs> to move to Tulum and handle it and be ready for it and take it on. You know, even just something as simple as getting water took me so long to get water delivered. Um, buying a motorbike and not getting scammed. My motorbike turns on when it feels like it. Best $500 I've ever spent. Um, you know, it's an adjustment. It really is an adjustment to move to a place like this. And so many people have said, you know, Tulum is an initiation. It will try to kill you. It will try to take you down. And I actually feel like Tulum has welcomed me so gently and easefully. And even the days that I think are hard <laughs> aren't that hard. The other day I, I needed to get cash for my water delivery that I finally had coming. So I had to go into town to go to the bank. And after about 15 minutes of just trying to get my scooter started, I got her running, I got him going, we're driving, he stops, I stop, I wait about 10 minutes to let the gas dry, start him up again, we get him going, and then all of a sudden I'm just hearing this dragging, this awful dragging noise under the carriage, and I stop and pull over again, and I realize that like the undercarriage of the bike that kind of helps the bike stand up has just completely fallen off. Like this whole bike is falling off of itself. And I don't know what to do about it, but I got to get to town. And I got to get to town to fix this bike. No one's going to come fix it on the side of the road. So I drive into town with this bike dragging underneath me and so many people are driving past me like pointing walking past me trying to point trying to let me know that my carriage is dragging and i'm like yo say yo say and um it's kind of funny because i am so comfortable in my portuguese coming here that I'm just using my Portuguese, pretending like they're gonna understand me, and I'm like stopping as I start a sentence and like trying to get my mouth to make Spanish words around the Portuguese, and it's definitely working better than English. It is definitely working better than English, and we are starting to lock in those Spanish skills, so polyglots for the win. Anyways, should we get into the show today? Have we gotten enough of an introduction? Oh, so end of the story. Let me finish the story. So um, I had to get gas. The gas station was first, and as I'm pulling up, I have no idea where my gas tank is. I have no idea where to get put gas in. Luckily, here in Mexico, they do your gas for you. Um, and there's a guy in front of me, and I'm just like, yo, amigo, yo necesito ayudar, por favor. Like, uh, donde esta mi, uh, mi porto de gasolina? <laughs> and he, like, looks at my bike, and he, like, turns my key, and he pops it up for me, and he shows me where it is, and, like, People here are just so kind. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting that, like, oh, fucking American white girl look that I get a lot. I feel like the people here see, like, the amount of effort that it takes to live in a place like this. And they're like, oh, tough bitch. Let's help her out, you know? And so I get gas. I 
am going on my way to the bank and then just something tells me to pull over and I pull over literally right in front of the building where I bought the bike from the guy and I'm like, I could go talk to him for help if I need it. But I see that I'm at a scooter rental place. Like I'm a totally got the, I got this like internal nudge to pull over right in front of a scooter shop and there's a guy there and I'm like, yo amigo. <laughs> Yo necesito ayudar, por favor. Yo tengo un problema con mi moto. And uh, he sees exactly what it is. And I'm like, I gotta go find some dinero. I will be back. And I get back and he's strapped up my bike. And he's fixed it all. I'm like, ¿cuánto eres? And he's like, oh, nada, nada. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh my God, you just fixed my bike for free. You just made my whole day. Like, I have succeeded. I went home, had water had money, had a bike that worked, I was like, we're succeeding. And that's kind of something I'm loving about Tulum is that it's like, my needs are so low. The amount of things that I think I need are very minimal. I don't need a lot. I need water, I need transportation, I need food, I need money, I need shelter. Everything else is pretty much a luxury that if you really need it, you'll find. Like I have not been able to find guitar strings anywhere. So I'm gonna wait for a while for them to get shipped here. And I'm playing on five strings. And I'm like, hey, I can still play on five strings, y'all. <laughs> um, I have one friend here. And when that whole fiasco was happening with the bike, she was like, say the word and I'll come get you. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, bitch, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I realized when she messaged me, are you okay? Like she probably thought I might've been having a meltdown because I think that any other girl who came from where I came from and she would have had a meltdown. But I'm learning how fucking tough I really am and how much I can absolutely take care of myself. And Tulum is teaching me that. I'm just having such an amazing experience here. I feel like I'm in some level of retreat because I have so much time to be in my practices in the morning. And something about being outside of the United States has really deconditioned my capitalist brain into not feeling like I have to work 24 seven into I am so deep in my rituals until noon. And then at noon, it's kind of like, okay, start working. And then around seven, the sun starts setting and I'm like, oh, maybe we should stop working and eat dinner. So I'm really grateful because I feel so grounded here. I feel the level of peacefulness that I have been craving, that I have been cultivating, that I have been wanting in my life. I feel like I have arrived into the life that I have been dreaming about for the last 10 years. I feel like I have arrived into the manifestations that I have been working on for the past 10 years. Not to say that this whole journey hasn't been what I've wanted, but the journey has been the journey, right? And right now it's like, you've arrived, you're here. So what are you doing next? You know, what's next? Spiritually queer is next, you know? That is what's on my mind this week. So let's talk about it. This new show, this whole new brand, this whole new segment for my podcast, Spiritually Queer. Queer spirituality is something that I talk about a lot. And if you've been listening to my show a lot, this is nothing new to any of you. It's this idea that just like queer people want liberation, right? We think about the gay community, the LGBTQIA++++, all the letters, community. What is the point of that community? What is the point of that community? What is the point of the queer community? And and can I just advocate, can we just change all the letters to a Q? I think that'd be great. Just change it all to a Q. 
call it queer because we get way too lost in our labels and in the numbers and in the letters and all that bullshit. And also what the queer community is here to do is to liberate all of us. Queer liberation is human liberation. So by me as a young person being brave enough to come out and say, I know I live in a conservative heteronormative society and I know that I was raised to be this, this and that, but I am not going to be that. I'm not going to be a wife. I'm not going to be a mother. I'm not going to be a girlfriend to a man. Not only that, but I also don't think I'm going to be monogamous and I don't think that I'm going to walk this cishet life that's been laid out in front of me. And it's not about being queer. It's about living the life that feels most free to you. And so for me, just admitting that I was gay was that first step of my own liberation, my own freedom. For some people, just admitting that they don't like their gender or that they don't resonate with their gender or that they might be polyamorous or all these other things that happen in the queer community, that first step is a step towards your own liberation, but also, babe, hear this. That liberation ripples out to everybody around you. My hope is that by my own queer liberation, my little sisters and all the young people after me who are looking up to me can be given permission that it's okay. I'm not setting a trend to be gay. I'm opening up all the possibilities for what you can be, for how you can express yourself so that you can be more liberated as a human. As I roll out the guests that are coming on this show, you'll notice at the end of each podcast, I'm going to ask them, what does it mean to you to be queer? And a lot of them might say, oh, I'm not, I'm straight, I'm an ally and that's okay. But I want you to really ask yourself, especially if you're listening and you're immediately like, nope, I'm straight, I'm cis, whatever. I want you to ask yourself, if I were queer, what would that look like for me? You know, what kind of freedom is the queer community celebrating that I could have a little bit of on my own? And that might be dressing however the fuck you want to dress. That might be sleeping with whoever the fuck you want to sleep with. That might be being a little slutty slut. That might be being asexual and saying, you know what, I don't want to do that anymore. It's about taking control of your own story and your own journey and your own desires and owning that. And I think that the queer community, we're here to celebrate that. And that's why I'm so fucking over these girls who are telling other gay girls how they're supposed to be. And that's why I'm feeling so called to make more queer content and be more focused on supporting my spiritually queer people out there because there are all these bitches on TikTok telling you how to be bisexual, how to be lesbian, telling lesbian girls that they're predators, telling bisexual girls that they're just using us, that they're abusing men, all this bullshit that's out there. Lesbian TikTok, queer sapphic TikTok went fucking crazy this summer. And I'm sitting there watching going, these bitches need to heal themselves. <sighs> I am so sick of seeing queer leaders out there who are not healed. I am so over it. I'm so over seeing these queer leaders with huge platforms that are so deeply wounded that are not healed that have not done the healing work, that think that just because they came out of the closet, that they have wisdom and that they have a right to guide other people into their own sexual liberation. And I'm just like, mm -mm, no, no. 
Just because you like fucking girls doesn't mean that you know shit about liberation. So I'm like, I guess I need to be a little bit louder in this realm because just like my spiritual path is not something that anyone gets to tell me how to do it or be it or live it, nobody gets to tell you how to walk the queer life or how to express your sexuality. And I can tell you that when I first came out of the closet, I wasn't gay enough for anybody. I wasn't gay enough for anyone and that was annoying as fuck because everyone needed to tell me how they wanted me to be gay how it worked for them how it made sense for them if i was such a femme my whole life if i was a cheerleader and a dancer my whole life if i loved wearing dresses and high heels and lipstick then how could i be gay when really a lot of that was a big facade and i'm finally getting so comfortable not only in my masculine energy but in the fact that i am both I am mask and femme. I am not a lipstick lesbian, and I am not a butch queen. I am in between, and I am more comfortable in my queerness and my sexuality right now than I have ever been in my life. And I wish that all of you baby gays who might be listening could feel this way, that you don't have to prove it to fucking anyone. I don't care how many boys or girls or NBs you have slept with. That means nothing about you and your sexuality. What matters is what's in here and how that wants to be expressed. And that's what I love about queer people is that we're constantly breaking the boundaries of expression. You know, it started with same-sex attraction, right? It started with the gays and the lesbians. I mean, I would say trans people really started the whole queer liberation movement. So let me back up a second. But, you know, with, with people who are the bravery, the bravery to say, I know I was raised a man, but I am not a man. And I need to change everything about my life until I can feel more like myself. What a brave fucking spiritual journey to go on. And it builds and it builds and it builds, right? Like something that we're gonna be talking a lot about on the podcast is polyamory. To me, that's like the next wave of queer liberation is that all of these monogamous people are finally going to be freed from that prison. And there's gonna be a lot of straight monogamous people that get to experience this queer liberation because we're all celebrating it together, boo. And so that's why every guest that's gonna come on this show, I'm just gonna ask them, how do you relate to being queer? How do you relate? And I had a student ask me a question once. She's in a straight cis het relationship. Cis het means cis, cis, C-I-S. It just means that you are the gender you say that you are. So I would say that I'm relatively cis. You look at me and you guess that I'm a girl and you're correct about that. At the same time, if you thought I wasn't a girl, if, if you thought I was something else, that's cool with me. I'm not super attached to my pronouns. Hetero, I am not. I am not hetero at all. There is not a bone in my body that wants to be with a man. And it actually took me years of my sexual exploration, adventure, journey, awakening, to realize that there is not a hetero bone in this body and that I have not an attraction for men, which made me more comfortable identifying as a lesbian. And also, like, we'll unpack the word lesbian on a different day. I was defining what cis-het means, so hetero. Hetero basically means you're straight. So we've got cis in terms of your gender. Your gender is what your gender looks like. Hetero, your sexuality is, is assumed hetero. Then we have compulsive heteronormativity, which is something that we all live in. Compulsive heteronormativity is why my first kiss was with a boy, even though I didn't want that. It is why I had sex with a man when I was 18, even though I didn't really want to. It's why I've had boyfriends in the past, 
even though I was always attracted to girls, it's compulsive heteronormativity. It's why I kept on going on dates with guys, even though I really, really didn't want to keep dating guys. <laughs> compulsive heteronormativity. So I had a friend who was in a, she's in a cishet relationship, which means she's a girl identifying as straight. He's a boy identifying as straight. And she said, but we feel like we are queer. Are we allowed to identify that way outwardly? Why or why not? And she asked me this question so freaking long ago and it like just came to me that I needed to answer it because if you're asking me and any part of you feels a little bit queer and like the meaning of queer, the word queer means strange, not normal, not cishet. That's the word queer to me means not cishet. Okay. And she said, we feel like we're a queer couple in a lot of the inner dynamics that they have. And she said, can we identify that way? And here's my answer. Internally, inside of you, if you feel like you identify that way in a hetero relationship, that's totally fine. Be queer. I don't give a shit. It's kind of like people who want to identify as Buddhist. Identify as Buddhist. I don't care. But there's a but and there's a big but to this. When you are in a heteronormative relationship, you are receiving the benefits and the privileges of being in a heteronormative relationship. So if you started outwardly identifying as queer, it would be really ignorant, hurtful, and erasing to all of us who are in queer relationships and dealing with the discrimination and the abuse and the privileges that we don't have as queer couples. So, you know, have you ever been walking for those of you who are straight have you ever been out walking holding hands with a partner and seen someone in public look at you and been afraid that your safety is at risk because you're holding hands with somebody if you haven't had that experience then you just don't get to identify as queer in your relationships because you aren't dealing with the downsides of it if you are living with heteronormative privilege every single day you need to be aware of that and you need to own that because I have had so many situations in my life where I am so afraid that I am in a situation that if they realize we are gay, we will not be safe. And that's not a fun feeling to have. And that's a burden that queer people carry that hetero people do not carry. So if, you know, and that's the same thing with like a lot of bisexual girls. Bisexual girls who are in relationships with straight men, yes, you can internally call yourself queer. That's fine with me. I don't care. But outwardly saying we're a queer couple and showing up to gay bars and bringing your straight partner with you, it erases the fact that you have heteronormative privilege and we don't. So I need all my bisexual girlies to just breathe that in for a moment. When you are dating a man, you are receiving all of the benefits of that privilege that we do not have. So you can internally know that you're queer and be validated in that, and I will always validate you for that, but you don't get to say, yeah, outwardly we're queer because it's not fair to the rest of us who actually deal with the danger of being gay. So I just wanted to make that clear. What does it mean to be queer? I hope that I have answered all those questions for you, and I hope that this kind of contemplation inside of you is opening yourself up to a little bit more exploration. I definitely don't have a gay agenda. I'm definitely not trying to, <laughs> definitely not trying to make anyone gay, but that's the thing is that you, we're not making other people gay. We're giving you the permission to open up to the nature of who you truly are, which leads me to my next point. What does it mean to be spiritual? And this is another interesting thing where I, 
I realize people categorize spirituality. I've been on so many podcasts in the last year where they'll, where they'll say, yeah, you're the first spiritual person that we've had on the show. You're the first spiritual perspective that we've had on the show. And I'm like, what? <laughs> really? Aren't we all spiritual though? Like, aren't we all spiritual beings? Like when you look up at the sky and you see the stars, aren't you kind of like, whoa, I came from there. Or like when you look at the sun or like the earth or like the jungle around you. Whoa, I came from this earth. This earth created me. So many of us are living as if we're machines. <laughs> like we're these machines that aren't made by the earth, that are separate from the earth, that aren't spiritual. Like, oh no, I'm not spiritual. That's a bunch of hokey shit. And it's like, what? <laughs> and I think it's almost, it's harder for me to explain what it means to be spiritual because it's like, it's like asking me, Jane, what does it mean to be a human? I want you to ask yourself this if you're listening. What does it mean to you to be spiritual? What does that mean? Because for me, when I think about my spirituality, I think about my devotion. I think about my devotion to something bigger than myself, to the universe as a whole, to God, right? Whatever that is. God, when I think of the word God, I think of the essence of the universe, that stardust that created us. It's not some guy up in the sky. If you want to see him that way, you can. But it's the essence of what created us. The thing that you see in the stars, the thing that you see in the oceans, the thing that you see in the palm trees, you have that same stuff inside of you. It's all the same. It's all the same matter. So why are we acting like we're different from the stars and the moon and the trees when we are all the same? So if this palm tree out here knows that it's going to get plenty of rain and nutrients to grow into this beautiful giant palm tree, why don't we? Why don't we trust that the universe is going to take care of us and help us grow and keep us fed and fertilized so that we can live in our highest abundance? That to me is like one of my favorite spiritual questions to ask. Why don't we trust in a higher power? Why don't we believe that there's something greater than us? And I guess that's what makes you spiritual instead of I don't know, all these other things you could be, nihilist, agnostic, cynical, not believing that there's a God, whatever that word is. I don't know why I can't think of what the word is for people who don't believe that there is a God. You know, science also proves a lot of this. Science, especially right now, these days, is proving that we are indeed spiritual beings living a purely vibrational energetic experience. And that the things that are happening in matter, like in our bodies, in, in front of us, in like the three-dimensional planet, have all manifested through, through the more subtle realms, through the 5D. Are you with me? Am I making sense? Is, is this all clicking? So like, for example, my body. <laughs> my body, right? Let's think about how I got here. My mom and dad met at a frat party in Utah. My dad was attractive enough for my mom to be interested. This is a really weird way to look at it, right? But like, I didn't exist yet. I was a mere concept. I was like a deep future concept, right? And then they decided like, let's have a baby. And very subtle energies, and this is gonna sound really weird, I don't even like need to think about my parents this way, but like very subtle energies of pleasure and desire and lust led to two humans having an interaction that manifested an egg being fertilized. 
by a sperm that created me. So I know this is such a fucking weird way to describe this, but it's this idea that actually everything that manifests into reality starts with the subtlety of an idea, the subtlety of an energetic that's felt, the subtlety of a visualization that is followed through with, and then in matter it appears. Everything starts at a subtle level and appears in matter in real life. That's how the Big Bang works. And the only thing that's the opposite of that is food. Of course, food starts on the most subtle level as a seed. But when we eat food, we take matter. Nom, nom, nom. We put it in our bodies and it moves into the most subtle forms to create the, the tissues and the structures of our body. So I'm getting all Ayurvedic on you guys. But spirituality is this understanding that like we're not here i was gonna say we're not here to suffer actually that is like the first noble truth that we are indeed here to experience all the things and that all the things all of this includes suffering includes the hell realms where you're in hell and things are not good and you are suffering but to match that suffering, we get to experience joy and love and excitement and awakening. And in this show, I will bring through as many Buddhist teachings as I can. If you guys want me to bring a Buddhist teacher onto this show, I will do that. That idea just came to me. But the first noble truth that the Buddha taught when he became enlightened was, yo, y'all, we're suffering. We're totally suffering here. And I have this feeling like we came to earth to do some suffering, to feel so deeply and to go through such sorrow so that we can learn the way out of it. Hmm. And that is where the last three truths came from. The idea that you can actually transcend your suffering, that you can, that there is a way and that the way is the Dharma. And I like to translate that into a more secular concept, your dharma. The way is your dharma, is your spiritual path. The spiritual path is rooted in you making the choice that I don't wanna suffer anymore, I'm done with my own bullshit, there is a way out of this, and I'm gonna find that path. And those are the Four Noble Truths. You have to accept, wow, I'm suffering so much. I am going to suffer in this earth life. This is part of what I agreed to do. But there is a way for me to transcend this, and I'm going to start devoting myself to that path, following that path, transcending my own suffering, and finding a more awakened, enlightened Buddhist state to be in. The term Buddha actually just means awakened being. It just means awakened being. And we all have this Buddha nature inside of us. We all have this Buddha nature inside of us. And it just gets muddied up by society, right? Society, programming, public school, <laughs> higher education, TV, media, religion, our parents, all this shit puts mud on that diamond essence of who we truly are, the diamond essence of the Buddha that lives within us. And the spiritual path is that cleaning, that cleansing, that cleaning of the mirror, as they would say in the Vedic traditions, until we can get all the dust and the mud off of that diamond essence and let your truest nature of the Buddha within you to finally shine. And you know, sometimes I feel like as I'm up here preaching this stuff, you guys who maybe haven't been following me for a long time might look at me and be like, damn, that Jane just is living the life, right? I'm just like here, happy. And it's like, <laughs> I am more happy right now and more content than I have ever been in my entire life. But what you all didn't see is the 10 years of suffering and working hard 
and crying and sitting on my meditation cushion and being in these strict settings and being in the monasteries and being in the teachings and being in the kick-ass yoga classes and reading my books and studying and crying myself to sleep and wanting to end my life every single day. There was a point in my career, in my career, in my journey where I could not stop trying to kill myself because I was that unhappy. I was like, this is no way to live. I'm done. And some little voice inside of me said, please hang on another day, Jane. Just please hang on another day. We're, we're, we're finding you help. And I kept listening to that little voice, that little voice that kept me alive, that tiny little sprinkling of a light inside of me that was like, we're going to get through this, Jane. I kept listening to that voice and letting it guide me. And it guided me into the doors of the Buddhist temple. While I was in full-time treatment to keep me alive, it was the Buddhist temple that saved my life. It gave me a reason to live. It answered all of these existential questions that the therapists and the doctors and the nutritionists were not answering for me. And that's what the spiritual path does. It helps us answer these existential questions that no one's answering for us. Because if you don't have a reason to keep living, then why keep living? <laughs> I had to find a reason to keep living. And I realized that my reason to keep living is that I am a bodhisattva. I am a Buddhist practitioner that is here to carry on these deep ancient indigenous teachings and traditions, keeping them as pure and authentic as I possibly can, and then embodying that and sharing that light with as many people as I can and opening up the heart chakras of as many people as I can to their own liberation, to their own freedom, to their own healing awakening. Maybe I'm not pushing you all to become a Buddhist because that doesn't feel like that's what I'm supposed to do, but I do wanna push you all to find the Buddha that is inside of you, the light that's inside of you, the guru that is inside of you. That's what we're here doing. And so if I can invite you to find your freedom of expression, your freedom of sexuality, the freedom of exploring your gender, your fluidity, your, your sensuality, all of that good stuff, and then your spiritual self, your divinity, the magic that you're creating, your prayers, your meditations, your manifestations, your practices, all of those things are for our human liberation. Human liberation is what I'm here to teach and preach and create in this world. And for me, it looked like this path. And so I guess it would be a good time to finish by just telling the story, if you haven't heard it already, of my coming out and my awakening happening at the same time. So when I was in college, I was so closeted. I was so painfully closeted that it nearly killed me. I stopped eating. I was cutting my wrists on the daily, hoping that one day my life would just end finally. I was in love with my best friend who was taking care of me through all of this. I had a boyfriend that I was really, really struggling with because I couldn't stop thinking about how gay I was all the time. And I literally thought that facing that would be worse than dying. That's the society that I was raised in. That is how toxic being raised in Salt Lake City was that I thought that it would be better to just die than be a lesbian. So a lot of healing needed to take place for me to even get to that place where I could come out. So I'm anorexic. I can't eat. I can't keep myself alive. And I'm in this deeply closeted place where like this idea is so far away from me. 
I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to get out of bed tomorrow, let alone deal with what's happening to me. So eventually my health got so bad that I was at a risk of a heart attack. I had to take a medical leave from college. I went home to Salt Lake City and I just got so focused on treatment and healing and learning to eat again. And during this time, I found an eight-week Tibetan Buddhist course, an introductory course. And it was like a full body excitement. I will never forget that moment of seeing that advertisement and being like, that's what I'm supposed to do. And the rest is history, right? You guys can go listen to all the other episodes where I've talked about this. I walked into the Buddhist temple. I sat down. I meditated on compassion for oneself. I learned the Vajrasattva prayer and everything started changing for me everything started changing for me. I started healing so quickly. I started practicing the nandro, which is this Pecha text right here. Practicing the nandro every day healed my body and my mind in a way that I was not expecting. About nine months later, I converted to Buddhism. And about two weeks before that conversion, I came out. And it was actually at the Buddhist temple, sitting in prayer, knowing that that best friend who I was so in love with was about to go out of the country on a trip with her boyfriend, it was like hurting me. It was hurting me. I was sitting in prayer like, why am I so, bleh? why does it bother me so much that she's going on this trip with him? And I'm sitting there meditating. I'm like, come on, Jane, focus. Do your mantras, do your prayers, do your visualizations. And I'm like, oh, why can't I stop thinking about this? It's bothering me so badly. And then in that moment, it was like my body lifted out of me, turned sat down, looked at me, grabbed my shoulders and was like, you're mad because you're in love with her, bitch. That's why you're mad. You're mad because you wish you were going on this trip with her. And instead you're here suffering with a boyfriend that you love, but you're not, you don't want to be with him anymore. You're a lesbian. You're gay. And I'm sitting in this Buddhist temple like, ah! and the thing is that you can't leave. You cannot run away. You cannot exit that situation. I had to stay there. And I had to stay with those thoughts. And I had to stay with those feelings. And I had to stay with all of that information until the two, three hours were up and I was allowed to stand up and leave. And this is why I think that having a strict fucking disciplined practice is what changes our lives. And this is why Dakini in a bikini isn't Jane of 801 anymore. Jane of 801 is dead. Jane of 801 was too soft. She was too much of a perfectionist. She was too gentle. She was just letting too many people breeze by who weren't fucking serious about their healing. And the strictness of the tradition that I practice is what cut through my bullshit and allowed me to transcend into the person that I actually am. And that's why this, 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 as I sit here in this retreat, practicing every day, reading this one text that I have, like this is all, my whole spirituality is right here. This text, this book, these beads, that's it. My yoga mat's right there. That's it. That's everything that I need because I am a strict, disciplined, devoted yogi. And when you make that choice, you cut through your own bullshit and you have a fucking awakening. And that's what happened to me. And I went home that night and I laid down next to my boyfriend and I looked him right in the eyes and I said, I am in love with my best friend and I think that I'm gay and I think that we're about to have to deal with all of this. And he looked at me with his sweetest fucking eyes and he said, babe, I know, I know. And we both just accepted that everything was about to change after that. I formally converted to Buddhism a couple weeks after that and started coming out to everybody after that. And my whole life 
fell apart. My whole life fell apart. Everything fell apart, everything. And since then my life has fallen apart a lot of times and I'm realizing that your life falling apart is actually one of the best things that you can ever do for yourself because then you get to start again from scratch and be who you really are. So I was came out of the closet and converted to Buddhism and had my whole spiritual awakening literally within like the same couple of weeks. And after that, I just started healing massively 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 about a year into treatment my doctors were like what have you been doing like you have healed on a level that were kind of like i was i was so sick you guys i had infection i had two kinds of infections taking over my whole internal system my heart was so swollen and inflamed my esophagus kept on closing shut i was in such awful shape eating disorders destroy you and they also told me i'd be sick forever and then i just started healing massively a yeah coming out of the closet did a lot for that but b it was this right here it was meditating it was meditating and visualizing light flowing through my body and chanting prayers that changed the frequency around me every day it wasn't therapy it wasn't seeing the nutritionist and it certainly zoloft kept me alive for a year and then this kept me going, it gave me a reason to live. So it just feels like I'm supposed to represent this niche of queer spirituality, of being spiritually queer, of knowing that these things all intersect. Queer liberation is spiritual liberation. Spiritual liberation includes queer liberation. Your spiritual liberation gets to include your sexual freedom. Your sexual freedom gets to include your spiritual awakening. All of this stuff, to me, it's the same. It's all the same, so. Welcome to Spiritually Queer. Welcome to the new show, the new era, the new vibe, Dakini in a Bikini, Energy Coach Jane, here to cut through the fucking bullshit and actually transcend. We are not the floaty, flowery spiritual girl over here anymore. Is there anything else I have to say? And you guys, I'm ready for my disciplined students to show up, honestly. I'm ready for my no bullshit students who are ready to be devoted and disciplined to the spiritual path and are ready to be the most embodied healers, teachers, yogis, guides that they can possibly be. I'm ready for you guys. And if you're not one of those people, I'm not interested in having you in my space anymore. If you're not fully committed to your healing, if you're just fucking around, if you're just doing the same old shit, you're letting your habits get the best of you, you're not doing your meditation practices, you're buying my courses and never opening them, I'm sorry. You are not welcome here anymore, boo. Go find someone else. <laughs> because the people that are here with me right now, they're dedicated. They are devoted. They are disciplined in their practices because they know that every single day on this earth, people are suffering, people are dying, people are going through their whole lives without realizing how beautiful life can actually be. And every day that I wake up and choose to not show up for those people and choose to not be in my discipline and not do the work of a bodhisattva, I'm letting hundreds and hundreds of people die without ever getting to open their hearts, without ever getting to experience true love, without ever getting to witness the beauty that this planet earth has to give to us so i'm sorry i'm done i'm not fucking around anymore it's time to get serious about this work the planet is dying 
Society is falling apart, you guys. And you don't want to get up in the morning and meditate. You don't want to do the tiniest little things to make the world a better place. Then I don't want you in my space. I don't want you around. Go find someone else to play in the spiritual realm with because we're not here to play anymore. We're here to create a new earth. And I cannot do it alone. I cannot be the only bodhisattva in this era, in my age, in my generation. I know there is more of you out there who are as dedicated and disciplined to the spiritual path, to these ancient teachings and these traditions as I am. And I'm calling you in because we're here to create a new earth. We're here to create an earth that looks like heaven because hell exists right on this planet and heaven also exists right on this planet. So what are you choosing? What dimension are you choosing to live in today? And you have to wake up every day and choose to live in that dimension because what's easy is staying comfortable and what's easy is playing small. And what's easy is accepting that, yep, we're fucked. We fucked the planet. We fucked the human race. We fucked the animal kingdom and let's just perish. That's an easy choice. That is a lazy choice. And that is not the choice I'm here to make. And I want to influence you to be fucking brave and say, you know what? I want to be a part of creating the new earth also. I want to be more dedicated. I want to wake up every morning and choose to change. I want to choose to change myself so that I can embody the change that I want to see in the fucking world around me. No more complaining. No more excuses. No more letting your fucking shitty habits run your day. I'm over it. I have no more tolerance for the bullshit, okay? <laughs> so I'm probably gonna launch Meditation Mastery very soon, maybe today. If you wanna learn some disciplined meditation, keep your eye out for that. I'm also launching a new course called The Pleasure Codes because I believe fully that our bodies are meant to live in an attuned state of pleasure all the time. And that's where my body has been living in. I can just do this and feel so much pleasure run through my body. And I want everybody to live in this level of attuned energy. So I'm creating a course right now to bring you into that space so that you can experience deep pleasure, not in a sexual way, from a purely energetic equilibrium. And then of course, the sexuality will lead right into it. But there's other coaches out there to get you into that, okay? so. Welcome to Spiritually Queer. If there's any uh, guests that you're wanting to hear on the show, if there's any topics that you're wanting me to cover on the show, if there's any questions that you have about my teachings or about queer spirituality or about any of these things that I'm sharing with you today, send them my way, DM me, email me, whatever. Whatever way you want to get a hold of me, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode. I am so excited about all of it. And I've got so many interesting guests and shows and conversations coming up for you guys. So here it is to spiritual liberation, to queer liberation, to human liberation. And so it is, and so it always may be. Go out there, live compassionately, share your heart with others, open your heart. Your love is the greatest gift that you can give the world. So please go out, be more loving, be more kind, be more generous to others today than you were yesterday. And I will see you on the next episode. I love you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it felt inspiring to your being. Please share this show with someone who you think might need to hear this message today. Spread the love and spread the light. And if you really loved it, you can leave us a rating and a review so that even more cool homies can tune into this show as well. 
If you're interested in working with me one-on-one or joining one of my programs like Sunrise or Sanctuary, check out my website, janelion.me. Links are all in the show notes. May you go into the world today and be more kind, more compassionate, and more loving towards yourself and others than you were yesterday. And I love you. And I cannot wait to see you for the next episode. Bye.